Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to a Brawl Network production. With the first pick in the 2020 draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select Joe Burrow, quarterback. LSU. This is the Bengals Brawl Podcast. There's two-point try of the year. Walk up on it. Hike. Throws. Back of the end zone. Caught. Here are your hosts, James Rapine and former University of Cincinnati quarterback, Tony Pike. What up and welcome into another edition of the Bengals Brawl Podcast. I'm your host, James Rapine. Tony Pike going to join us in a few minutes to discuss... The brutal, ugly beatdown that was Sunday's 36-10 loss at the hands of the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. But first, a reminder, subscribe to the Bengals Brawl podcast, which comes to you each and every week. Tony and I host two episodes a week. Then we got Josh and the rest of the crew that do a couple episodes as well. So you're stacked, you're packed, you're loaded here at Bengals Brawl. You can subscribe to Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, you can find Bengals Brawl. All right, now that that's out of the way, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Let's get to the ridiculousness that was Sunday because the how matters. The how matters, and that's the problem with Sunday's loss to the Steelers. I predicted a loss to the Steelers. Tony predicted a loss to the Steelers. Hell, you probably predicted a loss to the Steelers. Nothing wrong with that. They're undefeated. They're undefeated, and they're playing well, and the Bengals had a bunch of injuries and a bunch of issues, and none of that surprised us, right? The The outcome didn't surprise us. What was surprising to me was how an offense that entered Sunday's game, averaging 31 points per game over the past three games, an offense that was dominant in three contests, again, some against some pretty good teams. I mean, you're talking about... Uh, a Browns team, 6-3, and three, same record as the Ravens. A Colts team, first in the AFC South. I mean, you're talking about good teams, and then you beat the Titans, and you feel good about the direction you're heading in, and this offense falls flat on its face. I'm not really as worried about the defense, and I thought the defense held up okay, but this offense, which is led by Zach Taylor, your head coach, and they come out and they look unprepared and behind the eight ball and they go three and out three times and then they have a fumble. And I get it, the turnovers are something you can't predict as a coach. But the how matters. And the how is the Bengals have lost 63-13 to in two games this season. One against the Steelers, one against the Ravens. 27-3 in week five in Baltimore, 36-10. Do the math there, 63 to 13. 
This is the class of the AFC North. This is the measuring stick. This is a barometer. And if you're Zach Taylor, you need to show, and I've said it a thousand times. You're probably sick of me saying it. You need to show that you're the man to get the most out of Joe Burrow. Maybe not in 2020. You might not need to lead the Bengals to the playoffs in 2020. And record might not matter as much this year. But man, you know what? You need to show that you, if the pieces are right around you, that not only are you going to maximize Joe Burrow, but you're going to be able to beat Mike Tomlin on the road. And you're going to be able to beat John Harbaugh and the, the Ravens. And you've lost 63-13. to 13. And I think we all kind of gave the Bengals a pass for what happened against the Ravens in Week 5. And you thought they'd be more prepared and more ready, coming off of a bye, more focused, and just putting together just a better outing. And it was dreadful. It was a nightmare from the very start of the game. Nothing was going. It didn't seem like the offense, the design was right. The play calling was a little weird. It's just off. And Alex Erickson fumbles, and then T. Higgin fumbles, and it's the snowball effect. And so, look, I get it. Burrow wasn't great. I get it. A lot of guys did some uncharacteristic things. It doesn't matter. I put this on Taylor because you can't lose that bad to the Steelers. You got to find a way. You got to find a way to keep it close, to hang around, to stay in it. And he didn't. And not only did he not do that, and we'll get into more specific game plan stuff and offense stuff. Not only did he not do that, but the thing that really bothers me is what happened late in the game. There was no reason for Joe Burrow to be in the game. So he rolls his ankle at the end of the first half, if you didn't see it. I posted it at allbengals.com, by the way. There's plenty there on this. Rolls his ankle at the end of the first half. Then it's 36-7, to five, six minutes left in the fourth quarter. And you have Joe Burrow in on the second-to-last drive of the game. And guess what happens? He gets sacked, gets landed on that ankle, and he's down for 10 seconds or so on one knee. And then he gets up and he's clearly limping hard on that ankle. Afterwards, he said he didn't want to come out. I don't give a damn what you want, Joe. I'm the head coach. Get his ass out of the game, Zach. And afterwards, what Zach said, and I asked him about it, is, oh, well, we wanted to score. Well, you know what? I bet you did want to score because you wanted to try to save face and put together a, a scoring drive, maybe two at the end of the game, so it makes it look a little better. Zach wanted to score so damn bad, he ran a fake punt down 36-7. And it's funny because I, I was totally on board with the fake punt and, and, and doing stuff like that and getting creative and really trying to push it because you are at a disadvantage against the Steelers. There is a talent deficit there. And the Bengals are down at corner and they, you know, they were dealing with issues. So I totally get the fake punt. But you know when they should have ran the fake punt? In the first quarter when the game still mattered. When it could have affected things and changed momentum and helped them. Maybe late in the second quarter. You know, early in the third. Any point outside of 36-7, to we're going to run a fake punt. Which, by the way, led to Burrow getting... Because they did convert on fourth down. It led to Burrow getting landed on and hurt or retweaking. I I use the word tweak because I don't know if he's necessarily hurt. Think he's, or maybe he's hurt and not injured. I, I don't know how you want to say it. He didn't miss a snap. He played every single one of the Bengals snaps on offense. It was ridiculous. He shouldn't have. It should have been Ryan Finley time. And those are the type of things that really worry me. Why would you not realize what you're doing and, and how you're playing and just say, 
eh, we don't need to save face here and try to get a touchdown. We're going to put Ryan Finley in. And they didn't do it. And I, I think that's completely and utterly ridiculous. My other thought from this game, and it's it's going back to that first half, Bud Dupree shoves Joe Burrow. And we've seen this throughout the years, or throughout the year, rather, um, against the Eagles. There was a couple late hits and borderline hits. Uh, there's just been a couple times here and there where Burrow gets pushed, hit, pulled. And, and so Bud Dupree pushes him clearly out of bounds. And Burrow's momentum takes him into the Bengals' bench, and he lands pretty hard, and he rolls his ankle in the process. This is on the Bengals' sideline. Can no one push Bud Dupree? Can no one grab him or, or scream at him or or shove him or throw him down? I mean, there, there should be an all is this Bengals brawl. There should have been a Bengals brawl because of that. And there was nothing. That is ridiculous. I don't care if it would have cost him 15 yards. I don't. At some point, you need to stand up for your quarterback. And it led to him grabbing his ankle on the sideline. He's limping. It's just, it cannot happen. It can't happen. And and so I don't really care what the coaches think at this point. If the If this happens again... And I think the players have Joe's back. I don't think it's that. I think it's more of a they're worried about being penalized. Well, the coaches better either loosen up or realize what the hell's going on. Because every veteran, it seems like, in the league is trying to take a shot or two at Burrow each and every week. you got to change that somehow. You absolutely have to change that somehow. So we'll see what happens. But, man, it's ridiculous. You cannot allow that. And so those are my initial thoughts. I expected more. I expected a better showing, even though I'm not surprised at the loss. Two, why the hell was Burrow in the game? And three, can someone defend number nine? Now, with that said, and we'll get to Tony Pike here in about five minutes here on Bengals Brawl. I'm James Rapine. With that said, the season isn't over. Held it in freeze. And in the standings, it really doesn't matter if you lose 30 to 20 or 36 to 10. And that's the thing is I, I do think Burrow will play much, much better against Washington this week. And he's going to need to. Look, Zach Taylor is still looking for his first road win. He has a lot to prove, and those are things he's got to answer. I wasn't expecting him to get it against the Steelers because they were such long, such a long shot. I wanted to see a better showing. He could get it this week in Washington. I think that game's going to be much easier said than done. I think Alex Smith is going to play at a high level. But it could happen. So when I look at this team, and how they move forward, these final seven games, well, of course I'm evaluating Burrow. I'm evaluating the coaches and, and the position they put Burrow in. And honestly, that was a nightmare scenario for the Bengals Sunday. So they weren't productive on offense. Burrow gets dinged up. No one defends him. And then they are he's just awful in the second half, half after rolling his ankle, completes just five of 15 passes for 24 yards. And, and the worst part about it is they keep him in the game, and he gets dinged up even more in a game that is completely out of reach, and you have zero chance to win, not even get close, not even you know get within the spread. Okay? That's called nightmares. That's what nightmares are made of. If Burrow gets seriously hurt, that's a nightmare. And so that's part of the coaching too. So we'll see how this team moves forward, how they respond. It did feel like they were building some momentum, much like it did in week four when they had tied the Eagles and then they beat the Jaguars in week four and then they go up to Baltimore week five barometer game, punched right in the face and it's over. And then they respond really well. A couple of close losses. They should have beat the Colts, probably should have beat the Browns, did beat the Titans, 
but two close losses and a big win, and it feels like they're going in the right direction, punched in the face again by the Steelers. So they have a chance here. You have Washington, and then you have the Giants at home, which is is certainly a winnable game. And and I, I think that you know you could go, you could see this team go on a run. Then you have the Dolphins and the Cowboys. I mean, those are four winnable games. I think the Dolphins are going to win and, and beat the Bengals if I had to guess right now. But you can beat Washington, you can beat the Giants, you can beat Dallas at home. So those are the games. This is the defining stretch. For Zach Taylor's career here with the Cincinnati Bengals. What he does over these next few games is going to define it. And if you're a Bengals fan, you hope that Sunday isn't an indication of what's to come because that was just a, a nightmare and the Bengals dodged a bullet considering what could have happened at the end of that game. Up next, Tony Pike going to join us right here on the Bengals Brawl Podcast. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, let's welcome him in. Tony Pike joining us now here on Bengals Brawl. Tony, welcome to your podcast. I appreciate you finally joining the show. Uh, you, you showed up late, but at least you showed up, which is more I'm than here. what the Bengals did on Sunday. Uh, I'm, I'm showing up for the second half, which again, as, as you said, the Bengals chose to not show up in either half against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, to, to be quite frank, the last uh, episode we did, it was the worst case scenario that we talked about. You go to Pittsburgh, you are not competitive, you get blown out and feels like we are back at square one. What, what do you attribute this to? Like what, what's the, the, the one or two things that stand out the most? I, I went through some of mine and kind of big picture stuff. And I talked about Zach Taylor and stuff, but you didn't hear what I had to say in that first segment as we're recording this. So I want to ask you straight up, what stands out to you? What are your thoughts after that 36 to 10 beat down at the hands of the Steelers? Um, well, we talked in our last uh, podcast about this being Zach Taylor's biggest game as Bengals head coach. It was his 25th game. This team was coming off a bye. Pittsburgh showed that it had weaknesses and flaws in their running game, they showed weaknesses in covering the slot. And in a game where I expected to see the Bengals kind of pull out all the stops like Matt Rule did with the Panthers against the Chiefs a few weeks ago, I was left with a taste in my mouth that that was Zach Taylor's worst game as the Bengals head coach and play caller, which he attested to after the game about him needing to be better. But I look at the snap count and T. Higgins plays 85% of the snaps. A.J. Green plays 83. And yet, Tyler Boyd played only 79% of the snaps. Michael Thomas got more snaps than Auden Tate. I just don't understand where they're at offensively right now. And when I, I, and I guess to start there, offensively, you come in, what is this team's identity at nine games through the season? Because I could tell you other teams' identity in the NFL. I could tell you every team in the AFC North's identity going into this game and yet it feels like the Bengals identity is hope that Joe Burrow plays and raises the level of everyone else or they're a bust and that's what it feels like to this point so to see that out of a bye 
to see the slow start where it just felt like, you know what, it's another rendition of the Steelers game means more to Pittsburgh than it does to Cincinnati because we come out sloppy and they come out ready to play. I question the most where Zach Taylor is at with this team coming out of a bye. Wild. It's wild that you thought that because I, I did too. And look, we both picked the Steelers to win the game, right? It, it, it's to me, the, the issue, Tony, is the how. The how they come out flat. The you know the defense gets a stop. Erickson fumbles. Then the offense goes three and out three straight times, even though the defense is holding their own. Then you got the T. Higgins fumble. And some of those things are just so damn uncharacteristic that you you have to point to coaching. Erickson, for as much heat as he's taking, is pretty sure-handed. T. Higgins, I couldn't remember the last time he fumbled. Joe Burrow, I can't remember the last time he went five for 15 and a half. And right. so that's the thing to me. And, and, and honestly, it's a measuring stick each and every week. And, and it's, we're evaluating Zach Taylor and all of those things. But you really need to ask yourself now, after two games, one against the Ravens and one against the Steelers, being outscored 63-13. to 13, Yep. 63-13. to 13, Is this the guy? Is he going to, right. to, to be the coach? And that doesn't mean you make the decision now. And you continue to evaluate, in. but, but I think it's a legitimate, a legitimate concern now because he he's Oh, 12 and one on the road. He's bad in close games. He has a franchise quarterback and they've shown signs, but they've been, they've been really inconsistent. And you know what I can't deal with next year, uh, an inconsistent team in, in Joe Burrow year two, I, I need, I need consistency and I probably need playoffs. Like I think that should be their trajectory. And it just it feels like they're they're a tick off right well, now, not because of their record at two six and one, but because of the how when they've played quality opponents in their division like the Ravens and Steelers. Well, let's take that sixty three to thirteen a step further, and you you isolate it with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Eleven straight losses now to the Steelers, and in those eleven losses, they're losing by ten point six points per game. They're not close. They're they're getting dominated by their own division. They have not topped 20 points at Heinz Field since Mike Tomlin was the coach in Pittsburgh. 20. How do you not even walk in one time and backdoor yourself into 20 points in a game at Heinz Field? It has been so one-sided against the upper tier of the AFC North. And here's my question now going forward, because we've talked about playoffs and we've talked about turning the corner. One thing is evident to me, or two things. There was one team ready to play yesterday, and there, one, there was one team that wasn't. Mike Tomlin's team was ready to play. Zach Taylor's team was not. And we can talk about playoffs and whatever all we want. How about we start with the AFC North? They're not even close at this point in the AFC North. They lose both games to, to, to Cleveland. One game, Cleveland runs the ball all over them. The next game, Baker Mayfield goes three quarters without an incompletion except for a spike. Baltimore dominates you. Pittsburgh dominates you. They are staring 0-6 in the AFC North in the face. How do you expect to take a jump in the AFC North when you can't get a win in your own division? How? Because here's, here's the issue to me. Harbaugh versus Zach Taylor, who are you taking? Harbaugh. Not, not even Harbaugh, close. Zach Taylor versus Mike Tomlin, who are you taking? Mike Tomlin. And you could say that the jury's still out on Kevin Stefanski. Stefanski's been a proven coordinator in the NFL. Look what he did with Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins in that Vikings offense. And he's 6-3. and three. <laughs> And he's 2-0 and oh against Zach Taylor. Mm -hmm. So not only are we talking about getting to the playoffs, we're talking about a coach 
that in the AFC North is at the bottom. He doesn't have the he doesn't have the track record. He mm-hmm. doesn't have well in the past. Look what he's done with offenses in the NFL. We don't know that. The only thing we know is what he did at UC as an offensive coordinator, and that wasn't very impressive. So, look to me, I question Zach Taylor, and at some point, you got to question the upper management here and, and Duke Tobin and choices that this team has made going into a game like yesterday. Joe Mixon. Why wasn't he on IR? When's Joe Mixon coming back? That's $12 million a year. A.J. Green, zero catches. That's $18 million a year. We saw what happened with Carlos Dunlap. Geno Atkins, no tackles this season, making all kinds of money. This is all decisions that management made to go all in on guys, and we're not even getting production on the field from them. Mm-hmm. So to me, there, there are unfortunately, even though we've seen bright spots, Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Joe Burrow. I'm coming into today with a lot more questions for the future than I have answers for this team. And honestly, I'll tie that back to coaching because it, you ready for a take here? The whole world's buried AJ Green. I don't think this coaching staff knows how to get anything out of AJ Green. James, I, 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 I think they're setting him up to fail. I think that's what James, they're doing, Tony. You're, you're telling me on a team where T Higgins has seven catches for 115 Tyler Boyd has six catches. You have Auden Tate. You have Giovanni Bernard. You cannot scheme ways for A.J. Green to get in space. You can't scheme a curl route or something in a window that A.J. Green gets a catch. Every catch is contested, and he's the third option. I'm not saying that A.J. Green is one of the best receivers in football still, but you're telling me he can't be the third best receiver on a team that has two wins? I agree. I go back to coaching. This team has two wins, and you have two really good receivers outside of A.J. Green. How can he not get touches? But, but, but yet Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith and Claypool, they all get targets and touches. I don't get it. I, I, don't, I don't get it. And, it. and look, Pittsburgh had 44 rushing yards yesterday. Big Ben has a bad elbow. He's got two bad knees. Lord knows what else. I keep hearing it was windy. It was this. Okay, it was windy for both teams, and Ben threw for three thirty-three. Yep, and and he had a couple balls too that were that carried and things like that because yep. you know Burrow did struggle in the wind a little bit here and there. There were a couple throws, but I agree with you. The whole scheme from the get-go was it was just weird. Like some of the calls, some of the the, the all right. This is what we're going to do. Like the out route to Green was weird. Um, honestly, people won't say it, but I, I think those are two drops, stone cold drops in my eyes from Auden Tate. And he didn't run good routes on either one of those third down plays, but he still should have made the catch. Um, it, it's, it's weird to me because it, it, and, and have you noticed the theme? Carlos Dunlap phased out Gino yep. Atkins. And I think he's still dealing with a shoulder and there was personal issues this week, hundred percent there. That's why he's not there. But, but phased out of the game plan some AJ Green playing a lot of snaps not really part of the game plan Zach Taylor for better or worse rolls with his guys T Higgins has been featured and he's been really good and I'm not taking anything away from him but there is no way on God's green earth he is light years ahead of green still like light years I'm, I'm not saying he's not better and he's not physically just more capable but come on and, and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the same thing goes for Tyler Boyd. And you want to know how I know that? Because, Tony, if I ask Tyler Boyd or if I ask T. Higgins, 
on or off the record. Hey, what do you think about AJ? Has he still got something left? They'll say, yeah, absolutely. Right. And, and guess what else the, the, this Bengals team thought about, uh, about having something left? Oh, hey, does Carlos Dunlap still have something left? Guess what they said? Absolutely he does. He, he could bring something. So it is weird. And, and the coaches, I think it's pretty clear the coaches have favorites. Uh, yes, they have favorites. And again, I, I, but, but to that point, I go back to what was, your, what was your identity and game plan going in? Because we talked about slot receivers versus Pittsburgh having success. Tyler Boyd wasn't a big part of the game plan. He played less than 80% of the snaps. So what's your answer? What, what, what do the Bengals do going forward? Because it, it feels like one step forward, two steps back. And I'm sorry, but you can no longer have your identity be Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is phenomenal. But when this team succeeds, we talk about, well, they, they made some 50-50 ball catches. Um, Joe Burrow was fantastic. You can't rely on that. You've got to be able to out-scheme somebody, and to this point, they have not done that. They haven't. No, they haven't. You're right. And, and I, I was I was hoping for – you know what really pissed me off, Tony? And, and I talked about it to start the show. Like, you knew that Zach was going to have to get creative, and we talked about it last week on our preview. And, you know, fake punts, you know, different things like that. Yep. This dude had a fake punt, and they waited until it was 36-7. to 7. Midway through the fourth quarter, fourth down, game over, and he runs a fake punt to perfection. And you know what it does? You know what it results in? A field goal and yeah. Joe Burrow retweaking his ankle when he mm-hmm. shouldn't have even been in the game. Mark. That, to me, was the worst part, the worst part of Sunday. It wasn't that they got steamrolled. It was the fact that Joe Burrow was still out there, the game is over, and I love the fake punt call. Can you run it in this first quarter? Right. Or the second quarter, or maybe even to start the third quarter instead of punt after you, you go three and out to start the third quarter, maybe run it there instead of run it. In, and I don't know what the down and distance was, but, but but don't run it in the fourth quarter when the game's over. Run it when it could still matter. Yeah, I, I, one, I don't want to show that when the game's already out of hand. And two, no I, don't want Joe, I don't want Joe Burrow on the field anymore. I, and again, Joe Burrow is always going to say he wants to be out there. Why in the world he was out there, I have no idea. Especially when Zach Taylor says we were trying to get momentum going, but you're just handing the ball off anyway. Can Ryan Finley not go hand the ball off? Like, look, again, I go back to Zach Taylor on many different levels. We talked about one game, the defense is going to come up and take away the quick game. Joe Burrow had been feasting on those short routes where no one was in space and you're getting eight, nine yards a, a pop. What did Pittsburgh do yesterday? They sat on every flat route. Catch, tackled, catch, tackled, catch, tackled. The long ball to T. Higgins was because Pittsburgh was sitting on the flat route because no team is worried about the -the down-the-field threat right now. And I worry that more teams will say, okay, look, see what Pittsburgh did here? Let's make them beat us down the field if they're going to because the Bengals haven't shown the ability to have a consistent running game, and they have not shown the ability to be consistent down the field so I have a ton of questions on offense I look to defense I have a ton of questions on defense um William Jackson the third that was supposed to be your game to be a shut down lockdown corner and you got torched but yet you're going to want number one corner money there there are more questions right now that this team has on both sides of the ball coming off of a Tennessee win going into a week coming out than I would ever have imagined us talking about today it stinks. 
because all that momentum that they had Ooh. built up well, James, we, just we, fell flat. But, James, what do we do? Because this is the Cincinnati way, right? They beat Tennessee, and let's be honest, Tennessee's taking a step back. They didn't look good in the, ten, in the Indianapolis game. They can't get after the quarterback. But we talk ourselves into, you know what? They beat Tennessee. They're coming into a bye week. They got a chance. Look, look what Pittsburgh's done. Pittsburgh hasn't beat anybody really impressive. They can go in and win this game. And we talk ourselves into that. And yet here we are today, another embarrassing loss to an AFC North team. And again, and like I said, it feels like we are light years away in our own division. And it's this is the stretch now. You have Washington on the road. Then you have the Giants. Then the Dolphins on the road, which is going to be a tough one. And then home for Dallas before the round two matchup in late December against the Steelers. These four weeks are sort of Zach Taylor career defining here because if he goes out there and they lose to Washington and then they drop a home game to the giants, I think they're going to lose to Miami already. Uh, You know, if if they can't get W's here, starting with Washington, a road win, then they're in trouble because at some point you do need to win some games. And I think they should beat Washington. I think from a talent standpoint, I think they should beat the giants. I think they should probably lose to the dolphins and beat the Cowboys. Are they going to win? Are you confident right now, Tony, that this team can win three of no. their next four games in, in any order, even if you, you feel differently than I just said, do you, do you feel confident in saying that the Bengals are going to win three of their next four? No. Um, and quite frankly, because I'm watching other teams in the NFL get better. The New York Giants are better right now than they were two or three weeks ago. They handled Philadelphia. Daniel Jones is getting better. That defense for New York is getting better. Say what you want about Washington. Gibson's a talent on the offensive side. I know Alex Smith threw the ball 50-plus times, but he's now getting back into some type of rhythm. And Washington on defense can give the Bengals some problems. So this isn't as easy as I thought it was going to be for Washington. New York certainly showed something yesterday. And Miami, I'll tell you this, here's the crazy thing. A year ago, Miami was the laughing stock of the NFL, correct? Yeah, no doubt about it. They were a joke. Um, Miami sold at the deadline. They got rid of everything they could. They made the right moves in free agency. They hit on the draft. And now Miami is a half game out in their own division. Flores is a better coach than Zach Taylor right now. No doubt. Okay, so if the Dolphins could turn it around that quick, are we really going to give Zach Taylor two or three more years? When you have this small window with your rookie quarterback deal? Because the Dolphins have figured it out. From the upper management down to the head coach, they got it figured out. The Bengals are not there yet. So, again, if you're asking me, and then Dallas – Dallas still has weapons offensively. And the one thing that these teams are all doing, James, they're still playing for something. As crazy as that sounds, the Dolph or the, the Cowboys, the Giants, the football team from Washington, they're all still playing for their division because it's such a bad division. So we talked about the, the Bengals struggling to match the intensity of the Steelers. Well, guess what three of your next four teams are doing? They're still playing for something. Mm-hmm. So you better match that or else you're going to get embarrassed again. So, no, I, I, at this point, I don't see this team winning three out of their next four games. They haven't shown the ability to be consistent enough. And that's a nightmare. Not, going even two and two during that stretch and 
who knows if they do that. But even so, to me, is is underwhelming. Nope. Can't so. go two and two. He's Tony Pike. I'm James Rapine. That's going to do it. We'll be back on Thursday previewing their matchup against the Washington football team. And maybe it'll be a little more cheery. Maybe Tony will be a little happier by then. Man. Until then, make sure you subscribe. And until next time, I'm James Rapine. He's Tony Pike. Thank you so much for listening to the Bengals Brawl Podcast.